When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition of the Tailgate. My name is Chris Plank, and we are loaded today. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll talk softball. Patty Gasso will join us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But beyond that, everything is geared towards OU and Texas Tech on Saturday. Toby Rowland sits down with Chris Level, the sideline reporter for the Texas Tech Radio Network. Plus, I'll talk to Jason Kersey, who covers the Sooners for The Athletic. Kenneth Murray, Grant Calcaterra also will join us on the show. As always, again, thanks for subscribing and downloading and listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. The month of October was our biggest month ever in the history of the Sooner Sports Podcast. And from the uh, bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, it's, it's all you. It's your passion. It's your energy and it's your support of the Sooner Nation. So what do you say we get after it? OU Texas Tech this Saturday. Let's go. Sooners go tempo. Second and five. Kyler back to pass this time. Four-man rush. Steps up in the pocket. Lobs deep. He's got Calcaterra wide open. He'll dance into the end zone. The Cali kid scores. And the Sooners strike first. Touchdown. Had a chance earlier this week to catch up with Kenneth Murray. And before we looked ahead, we looked back on what we learned from the tape of the win over Kansas State. Uh, great out pretty good. Played with great effort. Um, tackled pretty well for the most part. Um, you know, did obviously have some, you know, some things that we can improve on, stuff like that. But overall, I think we had a great showing. Came out there, played with great effort, played for each other. So I'm proud of the way that we fought. I'm glad we came out with the win. 
Last week, I asked you the analogy, the mic be the mic. This week, I'm curious, the cloudy mind, slow legs, clear mind, fast legs. You guys feel like you have the clear mind out there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Coach Ruff has done an amazing job just simplifying stuff and just making stuff simple so we can just go out there and play fast. So I think that's key to playing great defense. So um, Coach Ruff has done a tremendous job so far. Seems like you guys took it personally whenever you heard the conversations of they're going to try to get more physical. It really seemed like you matched the physicality. What was the key to that? Uh, just playing the ball that we play. You know, as soon as we heard that they were going to come here and try to be like Army, I mean, pretty much played into my hand. I was having, I was laughing because you know when I when I when I heard that, I know just like every other guy that's playing on this defense. You know, we hear physical type of ball. That's just the type of ball that we love to play. So I know everybody on the defense was excited, ready to go out there and just just smack them in the mouth. So I feel like we did that pretty much on Saturday. I want to ask you about Curtis Bolt in a second, but first, that defensive front really seemed like they had one of their better games. What did you see from them, and how excited are you about their progression? Uh, I seen a great game from them up front. I was kept clean the whole day, so that, that's hats off to them. Those guys played their butts off, um, you know, resetting the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. So, you know, I was able to float to the ball really well. So that's all, you know, all because of them. You and Curtis have had a great season. What do you see in Curtis that makes him such a good pass rusher? It seems like, and Teddy Lehman even said it, yeah. one of the better guys when he gets up near the line. What has made him so good at that? Uh, he just has a, a knack for it. I mean, he's kind of – he's shorter than me, <laughs> so he's kind of built more low to the ground. And he just has a nat natural bend um, that, you know, that you don't really see in pretty much a lot of guys that – that generally pass her. So he has a natural bend that's able for him to bend the corner a lot easier and stuff like that. So he just has a knack for it, something he's done all his life, and you know he's just great at doing it. Have you got to see a lot of Texas Tech? What's your kind of opinion on them early? Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of them. You know, it's kind of kind of different than what I'm what I'm what I'm used to. Obviously, um, you know, with them being the, you know passing attacking type offense, you know, they're pretty fifty fifty this year. You know, running the ball really well, also passing the ball really well. So you know, I like what they have on offense. I think they're really balanced and. Look forward to the challenge of defending them this week. Final thought, Saturday had to be fun. You're on the sidelines watching some of these young guys. We talked about it in the post game, but Deshaun White getting out there, seeing Jalen Redmond as he's been able to help out. What's kind of that been like to see these young guys progress? Yeah, it's definitely good seeing those guys go out there, you know, get on, get on the field and get get some, you know, action in the game. It's definitely good for them, you know, get them learning experience and game, game experience and stuff like that. So definitely proud of all of those guys the way they're playing right now. And then from the defensive side of the football to the offensive side of the football, Grant Calcaterra is finally healthy. I feel a little bit more healthy than I have been uh, the last few weeks. Um, you know, all tealed up and, uh, you know, ready, ready to prepare for Texas Tech this week. What's clicked the last few weeks for you? Is it just about getting back to 100% healthy? Um, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I mean, it's just about going out there and doing everything you can to help the team. So uh, when opportunities come my way, it's just my job to try and capitalize. You know, we, we were joking about this on the Coach's Corner with both Shane Beamer and Kale Gundy. Which room are you in? Are you in Kale's room or in Shane's room? Are you going between both? I'm in Gundy's room. Um, <laughs> I'm in Coach Gundy's room, but uh, me and Beamer get along really well, and sometimes I'll ask him about, you know, inline tips and things like that, and we always joke about, you know, which guy should be in in certain situations. So I'm in Gundy's room, but we all kind of um, work together a little bit. Can you take me through the confidence you have in Kyler Murray and this whole team right now? Because it really seems like he's executing on an extremely elite level right now. Yeah, I mean, I have all the confidence in the world in him and our offense. Um, I know Coach Riley's going to put together a really good game plan every week and put us in the best spot to win. So um, I have all the confidence in the world and uh, in us. And it's funny because Kyler, you get mad when you punt. Now he's getting mad at field goals. So yeah. this offense, is. what does that kind of say about this level that you guys as a whole are executing on? I mean, it means that we're executing on an extremely high level and we have uh, really high expectations for ourselves. Um, 
uh, like we said, we said this in the locker room during halftime that, you know, we need to score on every drive. We can't take three points. Um, as much as we love Cybert, we want to score seven. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's, I think it just shows that we have a ton of confidence in ourselves and um, we expect we have the highest expectations. Final thought, Grant. How do you feel about where this team is now as a whole? Obviously, a couple weeks ago, a change in the defensive side of the football it doesn't affect you too much. But as a team as a whole, it seems like you guys are really clicking. Yeah, I think we're uh, clicking really well. I think uh, um, we're really coming together through this part of the season and championship November. And uh, I think we're getting really close and um, you know, loving practice and loving being around each other. So I think it's a really good part of the year for us. Hey, I said one more. Let me follow up on that, though really feel good about the way this team is preparing during the week then nothing's really changed there though right with just 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 the excitement and getting ready for game day no yeah everything all the excitement and everything leading up to game day has all been the same but uh you know i feel like we're really focused and um you know ready to ready to go out this weekend and show them what we got all right let's learn more about the texas tech red raiders toby Rowland caught up with the sideline analyst for red raider football chris level i cannot wait to get out there i need a new restaurant recommendation by the end of this segment for friday night from <laughs> you please um well what's the, west the, what's table. the go to the west table west table what kind yes. of food are we looking at there uh, a little bit of everything, a little steak, a little pasta, a little, uh, you'll always have some seafood there. Um, you know, it's right, it's going to be right near your hotel. Noted. Very Thank good. Thank you very much. Very good. Well done. Yes. Okay. Very good. Um, well, you got, you got Lincoln Riley coming back to town as a head coach now and like four other assistants that have Texas Tech ties. No Baker Mayfield this time around, but I would imagine there's a, uh, considerable anticipation for this game out there yeah i think so it, it, it's funny how much uh, that game two years ago is i mean i, I know you, you've been involved in a lot of those conversations and stories and stuff but it's amazing how much that is kind of just the, the memories of from, from two years ago and kind of all, all that came with that one but i don't think that uh, Kyler murray versus alan bowman will quite hit the same note but we, we could see a lot of points on uh on Saturday night again, and uh, the, the recipe is certainly there. But, yeah, there, there's some anticipation here, certainly. I think for, for Texas Tech, I think you let one get away in Ames. I think you, you took care of your business for a lot of that game, but just too many mistakes right there at the very end. And their defense is good. Uh, you, you guys have seen that up close. And it just uh, I think they just kind of outlasted you. And then now you've got a situation where you, you come home in back-to-back weeks and have Oklahoma and Texas here in back-to-back weeks. And so – uh, it's a meaningful football in November for the Red Raiders, certainly. What, what you know, three picks for Bowman on Saturday. Um, just a one-off performance by him, or uh, how do you assess how he played? I think he had some. You know, two of those are toward the very end, uh, but but I, I think he, he looked like a true freshman a little bit there. Yeah, I think that's. I, I don't think this is what he is. I think he's had some mistakes this year as he's learning and, and kind of trying to figure this whole thing out. I think we've seen a lot of good too. I, I don't, I don't know if Cliff would say it publicly, but I think this is his guy. I think very clearly his guy, and he's going to roll with him. And I think that, you know, and, unless that there's just two or three more games where there's performances like that where you're throwing it to the other team, that this would seem to be the guy going forward. You know, in, in the next year, the year after. Um, but yeah, I, I think that his offensive line didn't help him much last week. You know, I think that it doesn't matter who you are when you're pressured and you're kind of running around. You're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna do some things that you know, you know you know want to do and not throw the ball away or throw it to the other team. And he had some bad snaps and he tried to force something. 
uh, trying to make something out of nothing, trying to, you know, channel like a little inner Tony Romo kind of deal. And it just, it just didn't work. So, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's a bright kid. I think there's a little rust that he was working through with that still collapsed lung as that was just his second game back. But, you know, he's, he's a true freshman and he's, he's kind of figuring this thing out, but I think he is uh, certainly their guy. Are we past that medically? I mean, is there any concern there still? I, I think yes. I think he's been a little sore um, in, in recent weeks because what, what they did, Toby, is they, they basically stick this tube in his chest, no anesthesia or anything like that. I mean, he was telling me about it. You know, they just put this, this tube in his chest because what they had to do is they had to take the air out of the, the area right next to his lung, which allowed it to fully collapse again. Or, or, yeah, to fully inflate again, excuse me, because it was that's why it was collapsed. And so he just said it was sore because that, that tube just goes right through muscle and tissue and all that other kind of thing. And so that, that was several weeks ago. And I just think that it, it's just been a little – he just – you'll kind of constantly see him trying to keep himself loose. And it just that, – that was an unnatural, I think, feeling right there with that muscle in, in a spot that's kind of hard to stretch out, if that makes sense, right there on the, the center of your chest. And so but I think you're past that, yes unquestionably better defensively that's what everybody would say about texas tech this year why what has david gibbs done how are they better defensively this year i think he just weathered the storm you know these are a lot of a lot of the same guys but but they're not young anymore they're they're experienced they're starting to make plays They, they are a lot a lot better at linebacker which is probably the biggest difference you know jordan brooks who is a really good player for this team, you know, gets ejected for targeting um, in, in uh, mid, mid-second quarter, I guess, last week. And you don't miss a beat when Rico Jeffers came in. And that's just not – those are not the, the things that they've been able to do around here in, in recent years. Uh, but there, there's depth. He doesn't have to play, you know, lean on 12 to 15 guys for the bulk of the snaps. I mean, they, they'll lean on about 20, maybe a little more than that. And – but I, I, they're really good on third down, but I just attribute a lot of that to the linebackers. You know, Dakota Allen is obviously goes without saying just how solid he is, but Brooks and Jeffers have been really, really good too, and I think that's just been the difference. I'm, I'm really interested to see the game plan they have on defense on Saturday um, because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I've been able to see Tech this year, they've been very aggressive defensively, which can be a tough strategy with Kyler. So what do you anticipate? <laughs> yeah, pick your poison, right? Yeah. They, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I got to talking about this on our show this week. I, I don't know if there's a better or a close comparison to Kyler Murray in college football this year because he's very, very unique. You know, Tua is doing what he does, but he, he doesn't run the ball very much. The only other guy that I could come up with that's is about as close to Murray, and Murray is clearly better and he's got more around him. But it's De'Eric King from from Houston, and Tech saw him in mid September. Yeah. This yeah. kid is a freak athlete. I mean, I'm talking speedy, fast. He's he's learning how to be a quarterback, and he and he and he. There, that's where Kyler is much better than him from the standpoint of he can read a defense and then and hurt you. Whereas King is kind of throwing the spots and and things like that. But they had a similar situation in that game. Okay, if if we if we flush him, be careful what you wish for. And if if we just sit back here and and try to keep him in the pocket, he's got a cannon, and he and, and there's tons of speed on that Houston offense. He's just going to throw it up, and that and that burned him for a little bit. But they settled in, and and I think that the answer, Toby, is that you just you mix it up. You, you cannot let yeah. him get comfortable. You, you spy him at times. I think you do pressure at times. I think you do you play coverage at times too. Gibbs will be very. 
careful about putting his corners on islands too much in this game, trying to go, you know, cover CD Lamb and Hollywood Brown and guys like that. So he's got some. That's where they're 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 okay at corner. You know, they're not great. Adrian Fry has been a nice story. He's got four interceptions on the year. Uh, Des Smith and then Demarcus Fields. So they're, they're they're solid Big Twelve corners. They're just not. None of those guys would you would say this is he's going to lock somebody down. And so Gibbs, I think, will be very careful about putting those guys on an island. Uh, five. What's the temperature with Texas Tech fans now with Cliff compared to the beginning of the year? Well, it, it was you know prior to the Iowa State game, I and mean, it was very very positive. I think there's some frustration that you let one get away uh, this past week, um, and, and then really we hadn't heard much talk there. I, I would say it would do him a world of good if you just win one of these next two and then you finish out strong because you've got, you know, Baylor and Kansas State at the back end of your schedule. Those are obviously winnable games. And then you're in seven or eight win territory and then you just kind of keep this thing moving. They've been able to, to, surprisingly, they've been able to recruit really well considering he didn't have many years left on his contract. And, and there's been a lot of talk about, obviously, his job status. But I think that having an answer with, with a true freshman quarterback and Alan Bowman makes the future look a little bit different. Understanding you've got some stability at defense makes things look a little bit different. But, yeah, the fans are a little there, – there's some frustration still, I think, uh, just because you're not just taking enough of a step forward for, for their liking. But we know how that goes. It's just hard to – it's hard to be consistent and really good on a week-to-week basis. But uh, five, five and three is, is better than I think what most thought they would be at at this point in the season before the season started, yes. How do fans feel about Lincoln out there? You know, um, I mean, I, I don't think – he was so um, – I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. First of all, they, they clearly understand he spent so many years here. He hadn't really done a, a ton here when he left here yet because he was kind of – you know, it, it was Dana Holgerson and Sonny Dykes were kind of the, the, the two guys with Mike the whole time. And then whenever Sonny left to, go, I think, go to University of Arizona – Lincoln got kind of promoted, and it was Lincoln and Dana for that last year or two, I guess it was, here when Mike was here. So everybody has followed him, and everybody has certainly followed Lincoln and, and like, Ruff, and, and they root for those guys. I mean, there, there's a lot of talk. I mean, I think it's really just all positive thoughts, I guess is what I would say to you. But it's not like uh, they look at it and, like, oh, we let our guy get away or anything like that right. because he just – he was 20 – geez, 27 maybe – maybe even younger than that when he left here. So, But it, it's just fun watching all of these guys that have come through here. Seth Luttrell, who's somebody you guys know around there, who was sure. here for, for several years. All these guys just have done so well as head coaches and run this offensive scheme and doing these things. So it's just fascinating. But, yeah, you mentioned all the guys on that staff, on Lincoln's staff, and Benny Wiley included. I mean, he, he's a guy that, that Cliff doesn't know very well, but, I mean, for the tail end of Mike's tenure here, he was a straight coach here. The last question, we'll let you go. We've had a great discussion or, or a, a infuriating discussion, whatever the case may be, for two years now about that 2016 game, the last time we were in Lubbock, the 66-59 game. Uh, was it an epic game or was it an awful game? That's the debate. And you will get, you will, you will yeah. get staunch arguments on both sides. What's your, you saw it from ground level. What's your memory yeah. of that game? I did not. Uh, I, I, I fully admit two, two things. One, as I, as you know, people like you and I, you're, you're, you have a job to do. First of all, as you're watching it, and, and it's hard to get 
kind of caught up into what what's going on from a big picture standpoint when you you've got to call the next play i'm trying to focus on what's going on so it's happening so fast it's hard to process exactly what you're seeing but but two things i would say is, is the first thing is is that I didn't come away from that game going, God, that is just terrible defense. I, I just that, – that wasn't my thought. I thought, this is unbelievable, you know. And, and, I, and I, I don't think I come away from it going – realizing how historic it would be, you know, just because of and, – and it's got – it's so much better looking back on it now and seeing what, you know, what these guys have done. And, and people talk about Mixon and Westbrook and all that, but, I mean, Tech had Kiki Kuti who's in the NFL now and – you know, and Cam Batten and, and Cantrell and guys like that that are all in the NFL now, and um, along with obviously Pat. But uh, it, it's made it so much better looking back on it that I just think that you, at some point, look, Tech was not great on defense. They just weren't, and that that those are the facts. And and oh, you took advantage of that. But I think that uh, what Pat did that night and what Baker did was something that we'll always remember. To me, for the right reasons, not not for the epic failure that was defense and things like that, because there's a lot of good offenses out there and quarterbacks out there that don't, don't can't even come close to what those two kids did that night. You know, I'll say this, Chris is a great dude. I mean, absolutely one of the best guys that covers any team in the big 12. So pumped to have him on the podcast here today. Speaking of good dudes caught up with Jason Kersey this week to get his perspective on the improvement that we've seen from the Sooner defense. Another impressive performance. I think we can go as far as saying maybe what the most complete performance for this team this season. I would have to say so. I mean, really, I think you'd have to go back to the Florida Atlantic game to find one that I would say was more, overall complete. I mean, you had the, the blocked punt, the defense played well, the, you know, whatever. But that was also Florida Atlantic. So uh, I think it's certainly different when you do it against the Big 12 team. Um, OU, OU looks good. Uh, the, the defense is playing with a different edge. The, the thing that I would say about the defense right now, and uh, people are excited and they should be. This is a, uh, this is a defense that, it, I, I, I mean, as much as it probably hurt Lincoln to make that change, I think it had to be done, and the reason I think it had to be done is if if uh, if nothing had changed and the status quo had remained the same, uh, Kansas State might have rushed for 300 yards in that game yesterday. Something had to change, I think, and and so there's uh, there's been an obvious uh, change in attitude, and and they're playing with the new edge. But TCU and Kansas State are two of the worst offenses in the Big 12, and they're two of the worst teams in the Big 12 right now, and so. Um, I think this week is where we'll really find out how much better they actually are. Now, with that said, you've covered a lot of the Big 12. What have you seen in, in Texas Tech? I've just started diving into them. I know you're looking at Bowman, who seems to be the next in line of uh, really solid quarterbacks to come out of Tech. He hasn't been able to stay 100% healthy, but uh, now it looks like he's back. Tech's uh, humming just a bit despite losing to Iowa State last week. What's kind of your thoughts on this Texas Tech team? Well, they they played pretty well this year. I mean, their defense is better than than you would typically expect the Texas Tech defense to be. Um, their offense has played well at, at times this year. Bowman, you know, as a freshman, he had some problems last week at, at Iowa State, but Iowa State turned out to be a pretty good team. And by the way, I think OU probably has to feel pretty good about the fact that they got that over with in September. Um, that trip to Ames over with in September, but because uh, they're playing pretty pretty well right now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and Lubbock is always a tough place to play. That is a rowdy crowd. This is going to be a night game. I mean, this is this is going to be a really intense atmosphere. Um, probably, if I, I mean, I'm I'm about to say something that I haven't actually researched, but I'm just <laughs> going to throw it out there. It's maybe the most 
intense road atmosphere Kyler Murray's played in in his college career, um, certainly since he's been at OU, um, I would think. Um, yeah, I think it probably is. Thank because you, right. the, you know, the OU-Texas game, is at least half the crowd is in his favor. So, um, so I think this is going to be a pretty tough test for him. Uh, I expect he'll play well because he's done nothing to show that he won't. Um, but I think this is a test for him. But I think it's especially a test for the defense. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, that your uh, your colleague over there, Teddy Lehman, told me uh, this weekend was that you know when when you miss tackles in the box, uh, those are harder to notice for for the average fan. So maybe if they've missed some tackles against K State and TCU, maybe those are a little bit harder to notice. But when you're talking about um, uh, tackling out on the on the perimeter out in space. Those are tackles where people notice. And, and so we're going to find out, I think, this weekend if they're actually a better tackling team than they were. It's heck of a challenge because that's what uh, that's what Tubbs uh, – Tupperville, listen to me. How, how stupid did that sound? That's what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. He wants to get his guys in space and force you to try to make a play. That's the same thing that's going to happen when they go to West Virginia. Hey, speaking of that, uh, Toby had an interesting poll this weekend uh, – or this morning. And it was what's – the most concerning game left on the Oklahoma schedule. And about 70% of those that took part in it chose West Virginia. Now, granted, I, I think some people look at Oklahoma State as a as a little of an easier task because it is in Norman, but if they put forth an effort like they did against Texas, that's a tough game. But of the four remaining on the schedule, not including a potential Big 12 championship game, what would you say Sooner fans' level of concern should be about Saturday? Should that be their biggest concern with the games left, or would you still put West Virginia top on that list? It's really hard to say because if you, you know, I think West Virginia is probably, um, well, I mean, West Virginia is probably a better team, but but then you like, you start thinking about like recent history. Mm -hmm. Lubbock has not been kind to OU at times. I mean, they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost in Lubbock. They, they, you know, very nearly lost two years ago in that in that epic shootout in, in Lubbock, um, and they've never really. Uh, I mean, since 2012, the Tavon Austin game was a tough one for them in Morgantown, but they did win, and 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 they haven't lost up there yet since they've been part of the Big 12. So, um, just judging on history, and then Oklahoma State, you know, doesn't often win in Norman. They've done it, but they right. don't do it very often. And Kansas is Kansas. So, like, uh, gosh, you know what? I mean, as I sit here and talk about it, I mean, I, I, maybe it's just because it's the next game up and I'm thinking about it, but, but I kind of feel like this game might be a little bit more concerning. Now, I think West Virginia is concerning for a lot of reasons. They're playing really well. They bounced back hard from the – or bounced back really well from the Iowa State loss. And, uh, and that game is on a Friday night, the Friday after Thanksgiving. And I've uh, – Morgantown is already a tough place to play, but I've sort of – feel like I've noticed that those non-Saturday games seem to be a lot tougher on the road team, especially in a place like that. So um, I could see that. I mean, and if West Virginia still has a lot to play for, if they're still um, in the Big 12 title hunt, I mean, that could be a tough game too. So, geez, I'm, I'm talking myself in circles here. I, you know what? It's, 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 it's one of those two. Can I just say yeah. that? <laughs> no, it's funny. The, what you're doing is exactly, Jason, what I was doing whenever I was trying to go through this process in my head, in my car. And 
there, there's a part, Tyler brought this point, you know, West Virginia, maybe by that point they, they don't play their best ball sometimes in November. What if they lose to Texas and what do they really have to play for? So it's kind of tough on this morning to truly definitively say, oh, yeah, it's this weekend because you just never know what you could be facing the Friday after Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. We still there's still a lot of football left to be yes. played. So, um, so right now, I think OU should probably just concern itself with Texas Tech. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah, it. This, this is going to be a challenge. Um, it's a tough place to play, and they could lose this game this weekend. Hey, real quick, this this seems to be the conversation piece that is centered around this team, especially now that we've seen it consistently this season. How wowed are you? And maybe that's an unfair way. I, I'm allowed to be wowed. You're an objective journalist. How impressed are you with what you've seen from Kyler Murray and how he feel? It feels like to me that he's getting better every time he steps on the field. Well, I mean, I think we're get, we're nearing the point where it's not quite so blasphemous to say that he might be better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, now, Baker Mayfield is an all-time legendary college football quarterback maybe the best to ever play uh, when you consider his entire career. Um, and he did it for three years. From what, we, uh, from what I understand, Tyler's only going to be doing it for this year. So uh, certainly there's some differences there. But, um, but what he's doing right now is incredible. And if it wasn't for Tua Tagovailoa down at Alabama, this, would, this Heisman race might already be over. Um, and Tua, but, but Tua, I mean, geez, the guy hadn't thrown an interception <laughs> this season. So, yeah. Um, so it's 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 certainly kind of uh, unfortunate for him and maybe for OU fans that uh, might be deprived of this of this uh, second consecutive Heisman uh, because of what Tua is doing uh, down in Tuscaloosa. But um, Kyler's unbelievable, and he and he he does it in such a sort of nonchalant way that and it's just such a given that they're going to score as often as they do that when they don't, it feels like the world's ending. I think for a lot of people, so. <laughs> Um, it's really, really fascinating. He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a, an all-time great athlete. He really is, and, and what he's doing is special. And the, 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 the stuff that he adds with his legs, um, I think maybe at least for season-to-season comparisons may make him even better than Baker. Now, uh, again, the entire resume, this is, as, as we all expect, Tyler's only season playing college football, then maybe – um, you know, obviously Baker would, would win that argument. But, but for, for one season, this is pretty spectacular. Good stuff from Jason. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Kersey. And as most of you know that listen, I am the play-by-play voice of Sooner Softball. I am jacked, amped, excited for this senior season for Sid, for Kelly Clifton, I mean Shay Knight, and you name it. There are some standouts, including Fale of you who are entering into their senior season. So earlier this week, after the Halloween game on Tuesday night, I sat down with the head coach of Sooner Softball, Patty Gasso. Did you have a good time last night? I had fun. I was kind of disappointed with my costume. So honestly, I should have tried it on and kind of set it up prior. But I mean, I literally took it out of the package, put it on right before. So... My ears were kind of droopy, so I didn't look as much as a fierce wolf. And then um, trying to turn my dogs into sheep was quite interesting as well, with a lot of cotton balls left all over the stadium. But I tried. I tried. I thought it looked awesome. It didn't work exactly how I wanted, but 
I tried. All right, so obviously the fun of last night raising money for the Children's Hospital at OU. Uh, there's no way to, to segue without sounding incredibly selfish, but I'm going to whenever I talk about your team. Fall ball is wrapped up. Coach, what did we learn about this softball squad after wrapping up another uh, undefeated fall season? Well, I learned that uh, we've got to count on a lot of seniors for leadership, which is important. Uh, we've got I learned we have a lot of good young freshmen, very talented, um, very athletic. Grace Green, Grace Lyon uh, will help us quite a bit. Our offense is ahead of where we were last year. It felt like uh, the team had some good power numbers, good up and down the lineup, very solid. Defense looks very good. Um, strength, speed, very good. Uh, obviously, the big question everyone has is about our pitching, and after losing two of what I would say are the best pitchers to ever pitch in college softball at one time leave your program, you're searching for who's going to be the next. And this is going to be a pitching staff by committee and adding Shannon Sale out of uh, Florida International was a big get for us. Mariah's had a really good fall um, throwing well. Uh, Parker Conrad's had some wrist injuries and we're kind of working through, but she's been throwing better. Uh, our freshman, Brooke Vestal has good spin and good talent. She just has a long way to go. And we had Mendes throwing some this uh, fall, so she looked good. So this is five pitchers that can throw us quality innings, but it's definitely going to be by committee and not – I don't know that it will be one pitcher that's carrying us by any means. Interestingly enough, though, you – you kind of started that trend, though, in this sport of softball. And we, we go back to Paige Parker and what she did in the World Series whenever we beat Auburn. You, you kind of said, okay, we got to start doing this by committee. Lowry came in. Paige Parker then understood that role. You added Mariah Lopez. Nicole Mendes became someone who could be a, a, a spot, almost specialized, if you will. What we're seeing a lot in baseball where, you, oh, okay, your role is getting out the left-handed hitter. But for the most part, hasn't this kind of been a trend outside of a true ace, Coach, that you've, you have you and Coach Lombardi back in the day kicked off for Sooner softball and now it's continued? I think so, yeah. I, quite honestly, when I, when I saw Paige um, – H. Parker throw every game of every inning in the postseason. And it was one of the greatest mental and physical, emotional things I've ever witnessed watching her do this. Um, but at, when it was all over, I mean, obviously we're raising a trophy and everyone's excited, but inside I didn't feel right. And <laughs> It was because I felt like I, you know, almost went too far. She would not have it any other way, and I get that. That's just a competitive athlete. But internally as a coach, it's like how much is too much? And it was on that borderline where I didn't feel right. And I thought, I'm never going to let this happen again. I've got to go out and get – 
pitchers that are going to be able to help the cause and not let one pitcher. It's, I don't know that you'll ever see it again. I think it was one of the last times you'll ever see one pitcher throw the way she did. I don't think you'll ever see it again. I don't think anyone could do it. Um, so I learned my lesson and said I'm never going to let that happen again. And so I'm just trying to get – and I'll tell you something else that's tough is Auburn had a pitch-by-committee type. They had five different pitchers that we had to prepare for, which was very difficult. So you could have any one of them at any time. It's not like baseball where they announce who your starter is, you know, two days early. You don't know until game time who's, who you're going to face. So. Right. That's tough, and I think it makes it tough on any offensive coach. And I thought, well, if it's tough for us, it's going to be tough for other people as well if we could do the same thing. So that became our mentality, and it's going to stay that way. All right. uh, Before I let you on, I have two questions about positioning, which I'm sure we'll be able to get more in-depth as we count down to the start of the season in February. First, obviously, Nicole Pinley covered a lot of ground. She was pretty special out in center field. Am I rubber stamping something too soon to say that it's an obvious shift for Nicole Mendez to move over there? I'd say you know our team pretty well, yeah. (laughs) She's got a great arm. She runs well, very good athlete, a natural center fielder, the lefty as well. So um, right now, Reagan Rogers is had a really good fall and they're battling, but Reagan can play all positions in the outfield. I just like Mendez in center. I do too. And then it was interesting in following some of the fall ball. And at times I would see Kaylee playing short, but a lot of times it seemed as if she was over at second. Has the freshman shown you enough to where there's a good chance Kaylee could stay at second base this year? Um, I think so. It's all comes down to offense and grace. Grace Lyons grew up playing baseball, and it shows because she's got some really fun to watch, natural athletic movements at shortstop. Really, really good. Offensively, can she maintain what we need from her in the lineup? And that's what that's what the question mark's going to be. But the person that puts the wrinkle in all of this is Aaliyah Flores. She's had a great, great fall, and I'm really proud of her. She's done some catching for us because we're a little bit shallow in that area. Um, she's done a little bit of everything a utility person could do. And uh, she's vying for some play as well because she's swinging it that well. So it's gonna, awesome. it's good problems to have, no doubt. And then real quick, uh, really a lot of new faces. I mean, I, obviously the focus is always going to be on Jen Rocha taking over on the pitching side of things, but you've got a uh, new volunteer assistant. You've got new grad uh, assistants. You've got new strength coach. It, it's, it's kind of, dare I even say, all new to a certain degree outside of you and, and JT and Jackie. So how has that adjustment been, Coach, with a lot of new around you on the coaching staff? Um, it's been really good. It's been awesome. different. But, you know, sometimes when you have a – uh, a, tra- a train that just knows how to run the tracks and it's just almost on autopilot. That's kind of what we were becoming or we were. And I have to put in a lot more teaching and I like that. It keeps me accountable. 
So there are some good young support staff people who want to go into coaching. Uh, we have Leah Wodak working with us, and she wants to go in to be a pitching coach, hopefully in her future. Kelsey Arnold is with us. She'll be a great coach in the future. Delaney Gourley out of Florida, the lefty pitcher, uh, is going to get sought after. Kehlani Ricketts, when she's done in Japan with the Pro League, is joining us in January. So all of those guys are new to coaching, but um, they're so good. And Coach Rocha, it's it's been an easy, easy transition, great transition. Players love her. She's a player type of pitching coach. Um, so it's been fun. And our strength coach, Sam Carter, is off the charts. So I've been very, very happy and very pleased with the way things are going so far. Man, great stuff from Patty Gasso. So excited for the Sooner softball season. Keep an eye out for the schedule. Should be released here in the next couple of weeks. And as always, you can get tickets at Soonersports.com slash tickets. Thanks to Kenneth Murray, Grant Calcaterra, Toby Rowland with Chris Level, Jason Kersey, and Patty Gasso. And thank you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we'll be on the air at 5 p.m. for the 7 o'clock kick Saturday night between Oklahoma and Texas Tech. And immediately after the game, the Sooner Sports Podcast will feature the Sooner Radio Network post-game show. So make sure you're subscribed to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Until then, have a great game day and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.